Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 26 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking The Crocodile Hunter Collision Course from 2002, directed by John Stanton. I'm Joel Descola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Danger, Danger, Danger McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Woo! This is where you see the work of my dad, is right here. He taught me to be one-on-one with the snake, to be at one with it, to feel it in my fingers, to allow the snake to feel There's in no danger. Settle down, sweetheart. Settle down now. So I have a theory in this movie. <laughs> right off the bat. Here we go. Break break it break it down for me, baby. Break it. This is John Hurt's Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe. This is what we were building to. This is this is the time the, the massive tear in time and space where nothing makes sense anymore. And there's three different universes trying to compete for one single spot in reality. And this is the result. I was taking a shower before and I was thinking, I was like, how are they how are how is this gonna come up? And you, you right out of the fucking gate. Right out of the fucking gate here it is right in front of us i i actually forgot about john hurt so when you said that i was quickly reminded of him so take that for how you will this is the first crisis event uh in the mdu he's like christ he's always there with you no matter where you are he's the fucking anti-monitor from crisis on infinite earths oh my god does he get a fucking uh a yellow power ring no but he has these weird teeth where he constantly looks like he's going eh. <laughs> okay that's fair anyway uh this movie is is nonsense yeah so so let me let me let me lay this down for the listeners real quick. So basically this movie is if you took an episode of the Crocodile Hunter and then just put all this nonsense around it, like cut it like in between it, that's what this is. I feel like the director or the the or the company producing this was like or MGM rather was like, "Hey, you know what?" We're not sure if everybody's going to pay for a fucking crocodile hunter movie if he's just hunting animals. And that's where you're wrong, executive. Let's put some bullshit fucking plot. And I'm like, dude, this movie... Okay, first of all, I just want to go out there and say, like, I enjoy... Like, all the Steve Irwin parts of this, like, I enjoyed this shit out of... It hit me right in the feels. Like, I was like, I remember watching him all the time as a kid. Yeah, no, same here, man. And it just felt so good to, like, watch him, like, do his thing. Like, he's a fucking nut, and I love it. Some of the shit he was doing made me jump because I was, like, actively concerned for everyone's safety. Yeah, I was literally on the edge of my seat because I'm like, that motherfucker just jumped in the water with a fucking 12-foot crocodile. (laughs) (laughs) A real one? And he's wrestling it. This isn't fucking Ace Ventura when nature calls. And then his dog jumps in. Yeah. The fucking dog. This fucking dog, Suey. The fucking dog runs away at one point. He's like, fuck this. I'm out out of the boat. See ya. (laughs) The amount of real peril in this movie was what kept my attention because every time the camera turned back to Irwin, I was like, ah, yes. And every time... Two stupid government guys in a suit walked up and said, The thing is missing. Did you get the thing? I didn't get the thing. Get the thing. I'll get the thing. And then they walk away from each other and the scene ends. That's every single one of those stupid-ass government agent nonsense fucking sketches. Yeah, it's G and Rogan fucking marching around Australia. Yeah, I was I was thinking the men in black man's J and K. They're there. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there to recover the uh, the top of doom. And like the ninth forgotten Baldwin kid. Oh yeah, fucking uh, the, the lost Baldwin, the fifth Baldwin. Every time someone brings it up, he's like, no! <laughs> Get in the car! 
I just want to back it up a little bit for the few people out there who don't actually know what the Crocodile Hunter is, because it's been, um, you know, it's been about 12 years since Steve Irwin tragically passed away. Actually, we, you know, we just passed the uh, 12th anniversary of it. Really? R.I.P. And for those out there who don't know who he is, he was uh, this Australian, uh, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a conservationist, and like yeah. he's a he's he's an animal rights activist. Yeah, him and his wife were in charge of the, the biggest zoo in Australia. Yeah, like they were constantly out, like just wrestling and wrangling dangerous animals so he can move them to safer positions or just like study them. Yeah, straight up. Steve Irwin had like the most respect for these animals that I think I've ever seen anyone at least on TV or in, in a movie right uh, have for these creatures because he is so not interested in hurting them he's just trying to show you how they work and what they do and he put he puts himself in fucking mortal danger just to tell you how a spider's uh, fucking fangs work right and he hates spiders so he's doing us all a favor I was with Steve in that scene <laughs> I forgot Sean's a big arachnophobe. We should do arachnophobia. Uh, I'm good. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that other fucking nature show host? Jeff Corwin? No, not Jeff Corwin. Bear Grylls? Not Bear Grylls. Brady, Brady, uh, Brady, what the fuck's his name? This other motherfucker that I think is still running uh, on Discovery Channel or Animal Planet or whatever the fuck it is. Brady whatever, insert name here later. This fucking guy goes out and constantly puts his crew and himself in danger and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and he's he's bumbling around like like Steve is like light on his feet you know what I mean like he he can get himself out of a situation and he knows how to handle these creatures and like respect them like we said and like maneuver around them this fucking asshole is just walking around like hey there's a fucking dangerous uh, crocodile there I'm gonna go try to put my fucking dick in its mouth and it's like dude Stop. You're a fucking jerk off. I'm going to go sit in its head. Yeah. Oh, grab him. Grab him. And there's like footage <laughs> of this guy like completely botching the operation. And the other guy's like, what are you? Get out of the way. What the fuck are you doing? I was, why? Well, you know, the first clue was maybe that the uh, crocodile was wrapped around my leg. But I wasn't exactly sure until you mentioned that. This is a really dangerous animal. I'm going to go touch it and poke it with a stick. Yeah. I lost feeling in my leg. Your leg is gone, sir. Oh, that explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing, other thing of note is uh, the director of this movie, um, John Staten, or Staten, I'm not sure how to say that, uh, he, he was lifelong friends with the Irwins, with Steve specifically, and uh, he also produced and executive produced like every episode of The Crocodile and all the spinoffs and this movie. Oh, really? I, I'm not totally clear if he is the guy behind the camera or if he is just strictly the director, but apparently this guy has done... An, or rather did uh, work with these two for a very long time. Yeah, Nor normally the director, like, tells everybody else what to do. And then, like, there'll be a camera guy and, like, a DP and shit. But, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I only bring that up because, you know, you have, like, you know, with most nature shows, and especially with The Crocodile Hunter, you'd have these scenes, and, and they're in the movie, too, the way it's filmed, where it's, like, uh, you know, not a super close shot on Steve, but close enough where the guy's got to be within 20 feet of him. I mean, I feel like it's just the thing that happens, like, with the show and obviously with the movie, but, like, you know, they shoot all the dangerous shit, and then later they'll go back and kind of reenact it and do closer-up shots. Right, right, right. And just kind of cut them together and be like, yeah, this was happening at that time. <laughs> but not really. Oh, there's there's something else where I'm still not exactly sure. Like, I want I wanted to see the raw footage, because I know there's edits, but it still scared the fuck out of me. Ugh. 
this movie opens with an amazing MGM logo that is re- the fucking lion's replaced with a crocodile. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I actually really like that a lot. I thought that was fun. If you get a chance, look it up online. Um, there, the, the trailer, or it might even be the teaser for this movie, is actually basically Steve standing on a blue screen, basically explaining to the, the fucking audience watching this movie trailer that, hey, you know, the lion's terrifying, but you know what's what's way more terrifying a fucking crocodile and explaining like why it's now the fucking emblem for mgm it's look it up it's weird are you serious a hundred percent that's ridiculous so i mean somebody better call fucking bill pullman because the way this fucking movie opens <laughs> do we go right into the the fucking uh 2001 space odyssey-esque uh spaceship shot <laughs> We go right into it, and it's just like, you see the fucking mothership going over the moon. The fucking alien, like, that, that light theme is playing in the background. And then the fucking, and then we cut to the fucking, uh, the research facility, and you hear that fucking, that, uh, that static. It's like, sir, listen to this! And some guy's playing golf, and he's like, oh, crap! <laughs> It's real. But not exactly that way, but very fucking similar. It's almost verbatim. Like, like, this is the plot that someone felt they needed to move this movie forward. Well, it's not even that, but it's it's, it's the fucking typeface they used to say uh, Steve Irwin, Terry Irwin, and uh, Crocodile Hunter Collision Course is like that Independence Day font. <laughs> it's fucking ID4, man. It's like real thin sans serif. Straight up. Straight up. With, like, a, like the, the blue outline of, like, the curvature of the Earth, like, kind of slowly fading into the uh, into the foreground. Yeah. yeah. There's a fucking voiceover from Buzz Aldrin. You, you guys joke about it being, like, a spaceship, but that's totally how they shoot this fucking satellite over, over Earth. As if, it, as if it's on its way to somewhere. Like, they film it from fucking beginning to end. Yeah. It kind of comes off space ballsy because you realize you're watching a Crocodile Hunter movie and they're filming this... <laughs> Yeah, it looks like the fucking Sulaco fucking coming up, and it's like, remember when we fucking had to fight those aliens? How does how does this <laughs> how does this satellite break up? I don't even remember. Well, t- t- first of all, like again, this fucking movie, I feel like the producers were like, yeah, we can't have a fucking full movie of just Steve going to do animals because it's just like uh, why are we trying to fucking do all this bullshit then someone explained to me how disney's earth was awesome (laughs) right we're gonna probably harp on this throughout the entire episode but it's like every scene that is basically just a a a a more hollywooded up version of the crocodile hunters show uh is great you know there's a couple times in those scenarios where the you know the jokes fall a little flat but it's steve delivering them so you kind of just roll with it he's comedy gold he's comedy gold yeah he is he is even when he's being corny you're like yeah you know what it's wholesome sure oh i love it ah we're gonna get some of them sheilas down there yeah this is great danger <laughs> danger 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 crocky Woo! i'm calling a she because i'm in love with her i love it it's great that was not Australian. That was Scottish. That was Scottish as fuck. Wait, Angus, Angus the fucking goat hunter? <laughs> well, I'm here for my goats and I'm here. Later on, I'm going to have some haggis, but today we're going to hunt some mountain goats. Oh, cracky. <laughs> we're going to get us some goddamn mutton, I'm telling you. Crack, you don't know where you're from, do you? No, I don't. You're like uh, you're like Bane from Dark Knight Rises. Where's he from? What accent is that? <laughs> I don't really know. I'm from Australia or something. Oh, I'm multinational. Vaguely foreign. So for, so for whatever reason, this fucking government uh, body, whatever you want to call it, has this fucking satellite rigged up if it goes off course for like a few seconds to self-destruct. What? That's what happens? I didn't know that's what happened. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> what kind of stooges are running this? Never mind, I saw this movie twice in a day. They're the they're the 
they're the biggest fucking stooges. I thought it just blew up. Like, malfunction completely. That might have been easier to explain, but they uh, they definitely make a comment. It's like, you know, it's a quick one line that it's, you know, it's going off course, and then someone says, ah, shit, you know. Wait a minute. Could you say that it was going on a collision course? I believe that is the, what they were going for. <laughs> Leave the show. <laughs> Collision course, TM. Honestly, though, I, I'm pretty sure that is exactly what they were going for. The whole movie is a goddamn collision course. I thought it was a collision course in talking about animals and being like, hey, this, everything's dangerous out here in the outback. Okay, look, it's a collision course in that we have three plot threads that don't actually meet until a crocodile takes a shit, okay? Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> That's the best way to describe this. That's a fact. That's a fact and a half. There are three separate films happening for about two-thirds of this film, and then a crocodile poops, and finally everything starts to converge. There's a lot of poops in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of poop. And Steve loves shit. He's like, oh, look, it's a pile of shit. Let me put my fucking hands in it. You know, this thing crashes, you know, outside of Australia. It's like the uh, like the beacon. Like, it's, it's. I don't even know what the hell this beacon does or why it's important. It has some, like, government, you know, some information, I, I would have to assume on it, that they've been collecting all over the country or over the globe. It's the thing. That's all it is. It's the thing that they fucking need. It's it's the most... It's a MacGuffin, yeah. yeah. It's the most MacGuffin-y MacGuffin you'll ever see. It is MacGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it's called, uh... Well, they just called a black box. No, it's called the SE2020. That's what it's called. And it's like, basically, it's like a global black box. So, like, a black box on, like, a plane records everything, like, audio and all the shit that happens on a plane. This recorded everything that's going around the globe. And apparently, if it's it's revealed by this, this CIA uh, goober that if it falls into the wrong hands, it can change the the, the the access to the power of the world or something like that or some bullshit like that basically it's like it's like a, it's a like a global government shifting piece of information i guess which maybe you shouldn't tuck into a satellite that if it goes off course for a couple seconds just fucking blows up i mean i mean maybe the p tapes were in there <laughs> maybe that was all the <laughs> you know they were i mean we'll never know somebody get me my p tapes back i don't care if you got to kill a crocodile get it so yeah so so this thing crashes outside of australia I'll Side right in the smack dab in the middle of it, and it, it, it slammed. You know, I, I wish I wrote some of these down, but every time there's a transition to like a scene from like the government to Steve, there's like some bad one liner that's like, huh. Well, hopefully nobody, no moron finds this thing, and then it's Steve Irwin chasing a lizard in, in like, the fucking desert. A goanna. God, this is so good, because it's, like, him jumping and face-planting into sand dunes, like, four or five times, like, gotcha, I missed you. Let me tell you how big the smile on my face was, because <laughs> I was like, this is great, I love it, I love, I love watching this, this is so much fun, I'm like, I, I just, okay, if, the, if you give me this for the rest of the fucking duration of, of the runtime, uh, we're golden. We're good. We're good to go. But then, unfortunately, that's not what happens. Yeah, the One of the best gimmicks of this movie that, at least in my opinion, is that he basically is just acting like he's filming an episode of his show. He keeps talking to the camera. He's giving you all the animal facts. Mm-hmm. Um, even even all the way up till the end of the fucking movie, even in spots where it just makes zero sense. Even when he's like he's in imminent peril, he's like looking at the camera. He's like, "Now this spider, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's a pretty good gimmick. I mean, I, I I was into the absurdity of it. I think the gag is like he's filming his show. And this shit is happening while the movie's going on. Right, exactly. And he's such a wild man that he can just roll with the punches. Oh, man, he fucking fights that fucking Baldwin-looking motherfucker. He's like, oh, government agents today is getting bitter and bitter. He fucking back... Well, we'll get to it. Oh, you mean... Hold on, I'm just gonna preface this. You mean when Steve Irwin <clears throat> killed the man? Yeah, basically. Twice. 
Yeah, he, he fucking lays a smackdown on fucking uh, James Baldwin or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know Steve Irwin was so dangerous with his hands when it came to people. <laughs> I think he works for MI6. <laughs> So yeah, he's like he's like we have to mention that this like this satellite breaks apart and the beacon like bounces into some wetland and lands in a crocodile's mouth and it swallows it and that's the plot of the film. Yeah, right, right. That's how it gets tangled up with Steve Irwin and the way that they fucking like bridge this gap later. I'm like, really, movie? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Come on. I mean, even in a movie where Steve Irwin talks into the camera like he's filming his show for an hour and 20 minutes, even that is a bit too much. Not with me. That's fine because I totally buy that because this guy is out in the bush for days at a time shooting. So, like, if you gave me if you gave me just a movie of that, I'd be like, this is fucking this is, Oh, yeah. I would probably watch that every year. Oh, yeah. No, same here. There are slices of it in this movie because there's some stuff that's, like, frighteningly real. It's pretty much all real with the animals, right? From what I read, everything with the animals is real. That's some scary shit, dude. <laughs> you know, there's there's a couple scenes you can kind of tell that they maybe staged, but all the stuff where he just has he's chasing this lizard. There's a couple scenes later where he's handling the animals. That is all just him rambling his spiel off. It wasn't scripted or anything. I feel like the only non-real stuff was probably like insert shots like later with the when he fucking wrangles the big one yeah 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 we're we're gonna have the most to say about all the animal segments because they're the most interesting i have them highlighted in my notes everything involving either australian hillbillies oh for god's sake or fucking government nobodies is just the dumbest most uninteresting stuff and this movie has a very strange bad max connection oh yeah yes it does The woman, the woman who is the Australian hillbilly, is the wife of James Cromwell in Babe, which was what written and directed by George Miller. Yeah, sure was. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna reference the chick when she drives the fucking like single person plane, like in uh, Road Warrior. Oh shit! <laughs> but okay, yeah. <laughs> fucking pilot whose head ends up on somebody's car in Fury Road for some reason. So uh, Steve, Steve, Steve t- chases this fucking lizard that I guess he, I think he calls it a Perini? No, no, no. It's a Guana. Oh, it's just a Guana. Okay. No, no, not an Iguana. A Guana. A Guana? No. Go. Go. Anna. Anna. Well, he find he finds said lizard. Guano's guano, basically, is what he fucking finds outside its nest. <laughs> it's no guano's bat shit. <laughs> I know what it is. Oh, but he finds this dried lizard shit, and he and and Steve's like, "Oh wow, look at what he ate!" And he's like picking his finger through it, and then after he goes through, you know, fiddling it, he sticks it in his fucking shirt pocket. He's like, "I'm gonna save this for later," and I'm like, "Wait, what?" Oh god, okay. And his wife's with him, and like they're very affectionate the whole time. Like even after like one or both of them have just been like exposed, just natural filth. Like <laughs> they're they're so sweet to each other. I love I love their relationship. Like even like the reality of it. Like not just in the movie, but like just their relationship in real life. Like actually, I ju- I just saw a video with with Terry, and it was it, it was a piece basically promoting I guess like a mini doc coming out based around their marriage or based around him again. And it's just a her. It's just her looking the camera saying he just runs in the room one day and goes, "We gotta have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we gonna leave this to? We gotta have children. Somebody's gotta carry." Own. That is so, that is fucking so Steve Irwin. I know that's the most. Yeah, it's a, it sounds exactly how I like. I think Steve Irwin would come to the idea of hap, of having a family. Like Crocky, <laughs> I need I need offspring. Danger, danger, danger! I think this guy's always on eleven. 
Like, always. Oh, yeah. I would believe it um, in a heartbeat, just from every piece. Like, he dangled his one-year-old child in front of a crocodile on TV, and everyone was like, how dare he? And he's like, yeah, how dare I? But he lived. Yeah, but I feel like if anybody was going to dangle anything in front of a crocodile, I would hope it would be Steve Irwin. And not Michael Jackson hanging his kid off a balcony. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There was more room for error. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he's chasing his lizard around, and he gives gives the camera and uh, us kind of a little... An, like an amulet. I can't. I can't for the life of me replicate the lecture he does. Um, I remember most of the spider and the two snakes uh, because the spider scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the snake just produced so much like just fantastic lines. Yeah. This goes on for a minute and like this whole movie is structured like he just kind of every animal he finds he either releases it and goes oh well about your day or he <laughs> puts into his truck. And he's like, let's move you somewhere nicer. Yeah. Or I'm taking you back for research. It's almost like he's, it's like he forms an RPG party, like, as the yeah. movie goes on. Like, he just coll- <laughs> he collects party members. Yeah. He kind of does. Pretty much. They all have a job. You're Mr. Crazy Legs. You're Venomous Spider. Just one thing I want to note, like, this guy is going out with his bare fucking hands. <laughs> he doesn't have any tools or anything. Like, you know how like when you like wrangle a snake or something, you have they you know a lot of people have like the stick thing with like the little hooky thing on the end. This motherfucker, he's chasing after this fucking lizard and he's trying to jump on top of it with his bare hands and grab him. He's like, "Look at this." He's pouncing like a cat, yes. but with the agility of a human. So it's just this like build it's it's this basically man-child just gleefully sand face planting into sand pits over and over again going, "Oh, almost." <laughs> Oh, almost. <laughs> He's like, close. Close, but no Siggy. <laughs> From there, you just get like a quick scene of him and his wife basically talking about their next location. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but you get introduced to their dog, Suey. And uh, it's the same dog, I want to say, that was on the show a lot. This poor dog. Uh, me working with animals, I can tell you that this dog was scared shitless <laughs> for most of this movie. I don't know, man. He's a he's a bush dog. He knows what's going down. Maybe on a different day, this dog is much more stalwart, but, like, every time I saw it, it was tucked under, like, that part of the canoe where you can just kind of, like, hide bags or some shit. Because there was a giant fucking crocodile next to him. <laughs> with a blanket over him, like, get me the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> there's a giant crocodile in the boat. There's a spot coming up in a, in a couple minutes that we're going to talk about, but the, the fucking, at one point, Terry just goes to Steve like, oh, grab that crocodile's jaw, it's getting towards Suey. <laughs> it's like the fucking dog just stands there. <laughs> Frozen with fear. The dog's like, you fuckers, you didn't bring a gun or anything. I'm really, I'm getting real sick of your shit, Steve. <laughs> It's been 13 goddamn years and you keep bringing me on these fucking trips. <laughs> I've got pancreatitis for God's sake. Take me home. <laughs> so then after all this fun animal shit, uh, we cut back to the mundane garbage. <laughs> oh my God. I almost wrote this down, but I didn't have to because I watched it twice. Um, we are introduced to like the sleepiest looking bunch of motherfuckers I've ever seen. I don't know. They're all just kind of like, what are we going to do about the thing that fell out of the sky? And he's like, well... Well, let's, let's assemble some, some a crack team of experts to go get it. You guys a crack team of experts? I guess we're the crack team of experts. All right, go do it. Do you know what's in there? Do you know what's at stake? There's pictures. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures in a fucking round top <laughs> thingamajigger. Go get it, Agent Baldwin. He's like, I'm not a Baldwin. <laughs> I wish I was a Baldwin. I'm not a Baldwin. My name's Lacey, and I'm from Australia. <laughs> I 
I'm a fucking Australian, and he is. Why has he got an American accent? L- his name's like Lachey or um. Well, in the movie, he's Wheeler. Oh, okay. Yeah, the actor. I had to Google him because I could. I'm looking at him, going like, man, he's a Baldwin, and like. <laughs> <laughs> The other guy's name's Archer. Wheeler and Archer. Wheeler is kind of just like this schmarmy, like, asshole. And and uh, Archer is, um, he's kind of like the science nerd. And he's telling Wheeler, like, oh, yeah, you got to pay attention, man. The guy's just like, huh, this is easy. How bad could it be, man? And isn't he the asshole who, like, brings a bunch of shit with him because uh, he doesn't know that anything Australia, that the nature in Australia will murder you? Yeah, he brings out, he pulls out a fucking Ache taste case and he has a fucking pistol. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out like a claymore. He's like front door's enemy. I love the social commentary. Yeah, like, here of yeah, the like Australian just a, people like just about making everything. this movie, like making fun of Americans because these fucking guys are like, yeah, fucking Australia's stupid. All these fucking Aussies or whatever, you know, they're like completely oblivious to the fact that like there's shit that can kill you here. Right, right. Uh, so we also get introduced to our second subplot. <laughs> Uh, where the crocodile that swallowed the beacon apparently lives in a river next to the home of Brazy Druid. Yeah, the Swamp Witch. Uh, a a a a very large uh, shotgun-toting woman, and this is the woman from Babe. Yeah, her her name is Magda Subansky, and apparently, from the little bit of research I did, um, she's like super famous in Australia, like as a comedian. She has like a character that she's been doing for years that like is huge over there really yeah oh god she's like she's like australia's Larry the cable guy (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even i'm not even saying that in a derogatory way like i hate Larry the cable guy but like that level of fame he has is kind of unique to him oh shit she's doing like fucking rosy comes home for christmas like like rosy saves christmas (laughs) she's just doing like it's just like it's just fucking dingo got your baby jokes (laughs) holy shit I, I made a fucking Scorpius reference back uh, in, in a different episode, uh, Farscape reference, I should say. Yeah. She uh, actually was in an episode or, or a few episodes of Farscape. She really? played this... Uh, Holy shit. This, like, desert planet woman who was basically... Uh, had John Crichton and all them basically, like, working for her, like, not helping them out. I forget the semantics of it, but she's in a couple episodes. I gotta go back and rewatch that show. We should do capsule episodes of Farscape. It's... It's... It's not bad. It's it's it is what it is. It was a sci-fi show on in the early two thousands. I I just love the way that show looks because it's just like everything's practical. Everything. <laughs> uh, so she's having a problem with this crocodile who happens to have a beacon sitting in its belly because it's, apparently it's eating her cattle. Yeah, and he's a real bastard too. This motherfucker is like the Gustav of this movie, only mu- except much smaller uh, and can be wrangled by a human. Yeah, but he's pretty fucking big. But he's like the he's like the Forrest Gump of crocodiles. He knows everybody. <laughs> Yeah, he's not, I mean, obviously he's not, like, primeval big, but, like, he's fucking big. All crocodiles are too big for me, okay? I don't want to be anywhere near them. They fucking scare the shit out of me. I know, but the girth of this thing is wider than Steve, and it's longer than Steve, and it freaks me out. Oh, yeah. Like, its head is bigger than his arm, and it's like, holy shit, what are you doing? Well, uh, uh, Gustav was... 30 is, is, uh, 30, I think 25 to 30 feet long. Is Gustav legit? real oh 110 percent. there was a uh there was a nat geo documentary on the attempt to capture him and it just it just falls apart because the trap they made for him he's like fuck no uh damn i like i i want to i 
30 feet though that's fucking big he's a he, no he is a freak of nature um everything everything about him sounds like it comes from a horror movie but everything all that stuff is legitimate like there because people have basically seen him drag people underwater um drown them and then swim away and still and as far as we know still kicking like he's like 70 years old hey that's fine we should totally do primeval with orlando jones <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I fucking, that movie. Giant fucking crocodile antics? Okay. So, uh, yeah, Brozzy Druid is having problems with the crocodile wildlife. Well, well, she takes it on her, you know, she takes her fucking shotgun out there and just starts shooting at this damn thing. Uh, she takes her fucking Doom 2 super shotgun out into the fucking water and starts <laughs> blasting <laughs> double barrels into the water. She's like, oh, you got, what is it called? You got them mongrel. What? Get away from my cows! Yeah, she hates this motherfucker. Um, and I guess her uh, her antics have gotten the attention of the uh, local, uh, what is it, the Department of Fauna and Fisheries? You mean Faramir? Yeah. <laughs> Gondor's horns are ringing. <laughs> it, what's that? It's the horn of Gondor! He's also Dilios in 300, and if you've seen Iron Fist, I feel sorry for you, but he is also one of the main villains of Iron Fist Season 1. He's Howard Meacham. Wasn't he fucking Frankenstein's monster in Van Helsing? No, he's like the, he, he's like fucking, uh, 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 Van Helsing, he's, he's like Van Helsing's patsy. Yeah, like, he helps Van Helsing, he's like a, uh, he's like a monk who invents all this crazy shit, like, fucking, you know, uh, bullets with, like, garlic and holy water in it and shit. Okay, I've somehow dodged that bullet all these years, let's hope that continues. Motherfucker! Van Helsing? Van, Van Helsing's dumb, but it's kind of fun. Yo, Van Helsing fucking is great! That movie's a piece of shit, but... But it's awesome. It's the best. It looks like it butted off of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's shoulder and like kind of fell off and just formed its own film. Yeah, I mean, not not to get off on too much of a side tangent, but I remember when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, holy shit, they made a Castlevania game. And then it said Van Helsing. And I was like, oh. (laughs) I think you've mentioned that before. But like, I don't know. That's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is like, what is it? Like late, late 90s, early 2000s movie where, you know, there's not much really to reap from that time. Right. But, like, that movie particular is just, like, you know, CG spectacle garbage, but it's fun as fuck. Like, I don't know. I like it. The world had just discovered that Hugh Jackman was going to be a major movie star, so he just pops up in some strange shit for a while. I think he's great in that film. And he fights a fucking werewolf, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula. He he turns into a werewolf and fights Dracula. Like- yeah. <laughs> Okay, yes, please, fine, <laughs> yeah. I'm with it. Uh, so that's that's how interesting these government uh, and, and Australian hill be. Like, at some point I was Who like... Who could fucking care about these people? <laughs> First you assaulted me with Independence Day, and now I'm stuck in Australian Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Where's fucking Grandma? Is she one of the dogs? <laughs> <laughs> this woman has like 20 fucking dogs on her property that she's constantly sicking on people. It's the fucking Bumpus's dogs, man. Yeah. I fucking love dogs, but god damn it, like, why do you have so many, you fu- like, you goddamn hoarder? None of them are even in a pen. Like, I get it's like the Australian outback and just, you don't have a neighbor for 50 miles, but for god's sake. It's like Wolf Creek. <laughs> like, that's what this woman is. Like, I would not want to walk around that place barefoot, put it that way. Hell no. No. Well, like, this poor fucking, uh, uh David Wenham is who we were talking about. Like you said, he plays Faramir in Lord of the Rings. He's Dilios. He's the one-eyed guy in 300 who tells the story. Oh, sugar. Yeah, he's like, tr- he shows up and he's like, hey, you want to quit firing shotguns into the water? It's kind of pissing everybody off. And then he, like, walks into, like, loose wiring for a light bulb and almost gets electrocuted. Yeah. Also, hold on. Hold the fucking phone here, okay? Where are your neighbors? And if you do have neighbors, (laughs) 
why do they care if you're shooting shotguns? She's in the middle of the bush. Who fuck? What the fuck are you talking about? So, there's like, like 15 miles away. Someone's like, oi, there's gunshots. Hit a fucking shotgun again. Call the cops. Call that guy. Call Faramir. Blow the horn of Gondor. There's just a hobbit in the corner singing. <laughs> uh, Pippin's in the finer fucking basement singing to her every night. <laughs> She's up there eating grapes. <laughs> I have no son. Boromir's dead. Go away. Explain this. The broken horn of Gondor's thing. <laughs> Feed it to the crocodile. I have no son. So yeah, he's uh, Faramir. He's basically there. I think his name's Sam. It's Sam Flynn. He's gotta go back to his arcade. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a man. So Sam Flynn, yeah, he's talking to her, and he's just basically, all right, you're not going to listen, that's fine, but, you know, just don't kill that croc, and he, he goes on his merry way. I think they basically agree to, like, relocate it as opposed to killing it, and she's like, oh, I'm going to get that croc. N- they don't agree to shit. She tells him to go fuck himself. She goes, it's croc killing time, and then it, it's fucking slam cuts to fucking Steve going, it's croc saving time. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Oh, and, okay, this is where he's on the way to somehow we get to this snake footage, which I saw actually out of context like weeks ago and didn't even know it was from this movie. I thought it was from just one of his uh, TV shows. Wait, it's the croc first before the snake. Is it the crocodile for the snake? Okay, either one It's either one is thrilling as all hell. Not the big crocodile yet. This is a different crocodile. This is like the smaller one, which is still equally as fucking scary. This is the one they basically, the, the tiny one they go look for at night, right? Yeah, and they're, they're there and they're like, they're like, ah, we gotta find this croc, eh? And he just... Fucking jumps into the water. He's like, he's like, he's like. This is how you find a croc. Whether you look for the the raw shine, it, it, it's red when we when we put the spotlight on them. It is pitch black. Yep. Outside of like their spotlight and his little flashlight, and he just he's like, yeah, you look for the red of their eyes. There's one. Just jumps right in the fucking water. And, and his fucking dog's already panicking. Yeah. The camera guy's like not on Steve, and then he turns around and Steve is like mid jump into the fucking water, and I'm like, what? Yeah. And it, it cuts back to Terry, who's got like. <laughs> got this like massive like spotlight on her head and it's trying to wreck the camera and she's like steve's been doing this for years yeah, no yeah, worries yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i love my steve she's american i, I think she's american she's american um, as fuck she's, dude. she's like she's like yeah his dad his dad taught him this so he knows what he's doing yeah. it doesn't have a shred of worry on her face no well i guess you can't like that's the life he lives and like if you're gonna be with this dude you know what i mean oh yeah Steve Krug, okay, you're already in the water, all right. (laughs) Well, see ya. So he wrangles his fucking beast, and he grabs it with his bare hands, and he's holding it in water as it's doing, like, its death rolls and shit, and I'm like, oh my fucking god, my heart is beating, because I'm like, I know he's gonna be okay, but this is some scary shit, like, anything could have went wrong. And he emphasizes that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was talking to the the Phantom Zone dudes about this, I was like, is he... Is he wrestling a real crocodile at night in the water for real for a movie involving a plot about satellites? He he totally was. He totally was. What's what's the overnight? He just didn't know there was an extra plot until like they show up on film that to film it that day. He's like, okay, this is where the CIA plot converges. He's like, what CIA plot? <laughs> that wouldn't shock me. I've just been wrestling gators the whole time. <laughs> the what, mate? This is a croc scene. What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? Get these guys. <laughs> He's just judo tossing him for real. Get this producer bloke out of here. <laughs> Get him a Sheila. 
Get them the fuck out of here. I got, I got a croc around. Um, so they, he legitimately wrestles the shit out of this crocodile. With his bare fucking hands, pulls him up onto the fucking boat, dogs cowering in the corner. Like, and, and then him and Terry are both, like, covered in fucking water and mud and filth. Piss and shit. And they both basically, like, fall over and they start just, they're just exhausted. And then Steve Irwin's like, all right, and just grabs Terry's ass. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he puts his foot. He fucking palms it like a fucking Harlem Globetrotter on a basketball. <laughs> he just he just fucking pats her on the butt like, "Hey, babe, we did it." I'm like, "God, you two are the best." I know. I'm like, I love that. I was like, "You guys fucking go out. You fucking hunt crocodiles and like capture wildlife and shit." And you love. I don't know. Like I, that's what I was saying before. Like I just love the relationship. This is this is also the part where they get the croc in the boat, and the fucking the jaws are about six inches from this dog's face, and Terry's just like, "Hey, Steve, watch the jaw." This dog's got a blanket <laughs> over its head. Like I fucking hate you both. That's what I'm saying. The fucking dog. Like Steve Irwin's probably one of the bravest people like that that I've ever seen on television. But that fucking dog's on a different level. Yeah. Suey's with me the whole time. Cut to Suey. Suey's like ah. Suey's so like fucking smoking a bone, and she's just like, ah, I'm trying. I'm just trying to cope. I don't know what I'm. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, and then we go to the snake. Yeah, it's like they're transporting this crocodile, and then for some reason he stops because he's he with his fucking uh, supernatural eagle vision sees like a snake in the grass. Oh no 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 no! Wait, what happens is they're driving down the road at like top speed, and he goes snake, and then they come, <laughs> and then he hits the brakes, and they jump out, and he's like, and then he just starts molesting it. Well, there's two snakes because there's the there's the king rattlesnake that he comes across right in front of his jeep, and there's this one where it's I can't remember what I can't remember what it's called, but like he grabs him by the tail, and this is mesmerizing to watch because he is he like. He, <laughs> He grabs the tail and it's immediately throws his head back like ah and he's like oh don't don't don't, don't, don't hey, 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 hey. yeah meanwhile he's like trying to give you like an educational breakdown of just like how this snake works and like what's going on between him and the snake and he basically tells you like he's like I'm not trying to hurt her and once she realizes that she's gonna relax and that's exactly what happens I know isn't that bizarre it's fucking amazing he also prefaces that by saying that yeah if this thing gets me it could kill a hundred men with its venom yeah me and ten other full grown blokes. Did. No hesitation whatsoever, and just like lifts this thing up, and just it's constantly dodging potential bites, and then eventually, just as over the course of this conversation he's having with the camera, the snake you can see the snake physically relax and it just lets yeah. him finally grab it by the back of the head. It did, he doesn't even grab it; he just like pets it almost, like he like he like soothes it. And this is this is where he drops my favorite line of the movie. He's like, "I call it her because I'm in love with it." Yeah. <laughs> He also talks about how he'd rather hang out with the fucking venomous snake than some people. And I was like, yeah. Fucking A, dude. He's like, this is the most venomous snake in Australia. Don't ever touch it. Yeah. And he's just fucking with it. And he's like, we're going to be friends in about five seconds. Five, four, three, done. Yeah, he's like, I reckon people are more dangerous than this snake. And then he, and then like the chick, like. An aggressive animal is in his hands, and he he puts it down, and in most situations, that animal will probably snap back and bite him in the hand, and it just doesn't. It just leaves. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's a fucking expert. If it was that insert guy's name here, it would be fucking, it would be that guy. He would go pick it up and fucking get bit, and he'd be like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I fucked up. I, I killed myself and my crew. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, and th- you get this quick scene with this uh, other government party, this guy Ansel, uh, basically, I don't understand their, their their whole deal, but he has this other agent, Joe Buckley, that he sends in. This woman. Can you explain this to me? Is this guy is this guy doing like espionage? Like, what the fuck is happening here, and why? 
just purely based on how it shakes out without actually going into that right now, I think that's what was happening. Okay. Yeah, she's like a double agent or some shit because she's working with the CIA agents, but also apparently working for the Australian government. Okay, but why would the... What? Yeah, it's fucking weird. It's kind of dicey. It's fucking stupid. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, it's... it's every Like I said before, every one of these scenes focuses on someone going, we need the thing. Did you get the thing? I didn't get the thing. Can you get the thing? I'll get the thing. Go get the thing. Yeah, and, and then, you know, after this scene, you don't go back to Steve right away. You know, you have the other B story or the C story. I don't even fucking know anymore of uh, of Brazi. You know, she's got Sam shows up again because I don't even know why the fuck he shows up. I guess he shows up because he contacted the Irwins and he wants to let her know that, hey, you know, they're going to come here and, and fix your problem. But, you know, when he gets there, the gate's shut, and she's got all these fucking trespassers will be shot signs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This is when the, the dogs attack him again, I think, isn't it? Yeah, they, like, take his hat, and then they piss on it. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Baldwin and the other guy, Archer, come up, and they're like, they're like, oh, we're meeting, we're meeting another agent here. What's his name? Joe whatever. Joe Australian guy. And it, like, turns out to be this, like, smoking hot Australian chick. And he's like, oh, where's, where's this Joe guy? And he's like, oh. You're a hot babe. You want to fuck or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, get in the car, you hot chick. I was waiting for him to ask if he got the dick pics that he uh, sent <laughs> Oh, Jesus. It's like Dark Forest level. Like, this guy's fucking annoying. What's it? What like like what's his pickup line? Like, hey, you are my wife in another life. He says something that like is so cringeworthy. I think I blocked it out. I can't remember what it was. Like he gets he gets fucking rejected really hard like four times over the course of this film. Yeah, and it's just like, what are you? What what are we doing here? He puts on his he puts on his fucking Michael Madsen charm. Is what happens. Meanwhile. Another thing that I noticed at this point in the movie, or I guess like it started to bother me at this point in the movie, I should say, the fucking music in in the only in the B plot is really bad. Like the rest of the movie, like all the scenes with Steve Irwin, it's just like pretty basic, like ambient music, like matching whatever he's doing in the scene with the animal. Right. But the rest of this movie is like this, like really like barely any keys music. I don't even know what to call it. It's either like action-y, like, agent music, or it's this fucking, like, harmonica-blowing fucking backwoods motherfucking shit with the, with the, with the other woman. Oh, yeah, it's either, like, or, uh, or if it's, if we're following the agents, it's, like, Vulcan Skull-esque fucking music following them around. <laughs> yes! Then we get the most depressing scene, probably, in the movie. <laughs> Steve Irwin, he comes up on a goddamn kangaroo dead on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is where they... Oh, that's right. This is where they add to their party. This is where they save the Joey. Yeah, but they save the Joey. I know. They make up for it, but it's still like, ah, fuck, man. He's like, all right, buddy, take off your shit. And I'm like, uh, is she... Does she have another one Here, on underneath? No, here's, here's where it threw me off for just a moment, because he says something to the effect of, like, well, she's he's like, she needs to be nursed. I'll nurse her. And then, like, Terry yes. starts unbuttoning her shirt. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, wait a second. Terry's not going to breastfeed this fucking kangaroo, is she? I'm like, if I, I'm like, if I watch one of these fucking, one of these, these people breastfeed this kangaroo, I might lose my mind. <laughs> he probably went through Steve Irwin's head, too. He's probably like, nah, I can't do that on camera. Hey, sometimes you can suckle in private, but not out here. Yeah, not here with the cameras around. Not for this movie film for theaters. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's educational. It's nature. The only, he only even stops originally because he doesn't want other animals to start pecking at the body and get run over too. Well, yeah. But yeah, they, they, they find the Joey and they, they go in the back of their fucking work truck and, and then Steve's explaining he, about how, you know, they find Joey's occasionally and they bring him back to their, their, their zoo and they get him healthy and they release him again. Yeah. And they, they fucking pull out a handmade, uh, essentially kangaroo pouch that fucking Terry sticks this kangaroo in. I love that. He's just like, come on, feller, get in there. And it works like a charm. This thing's like, oop, and just falls in. Like the mother's pouch. Marsupials. So this is, uh, you know, I just said some of the other music was was killing me. Now this is about the third time we heard Brazi's theme, and I just wanted to fucking stick my head in a toilet. It's like harmonica, like Australian bluesy type shit. Yeah. Like if you had a movie about some backwater dude in like Louisiana, picture that music, but like made for Australia. Right. That's basically what it is. I, I just think it's a bit overkill. This, this character already is being portrayed in, in a way that I don't think you need to lay it on any thicker. Think of all the wilderness footage from the Beds Are Burning music video and then just put a harmonica over it. <laughs> <laughs> She's there to be exploited. Oh, without a doubt. She's also like a very sad character. Yeah, because they the, the Sam mentions at one point offhandedly that you know, oh, I know you're doing a you're having a hard time since your husband passed. Yeah. and it's never really brought up again. But you kind of get this idea that. She's got some internal, de- like maybe the, the reason she keeps shooting this fucking crocodile is less about her cattle getting killed and more about just her being frustrated, yeah. but they don't ever really yeah. go that deep into it. What if that's a crocodile that killed her husband? It could be. There's a secret revenge plot buried in this movie somewhere. Yeah, but then, you know, she becomes a fucking stink bomb and and just starts fucking like wanting to shoot people because the house is like clean and there's like a picture of her, like her, uh, of her and her husband, like on their wedding day. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this woman's history is fucked. Like, what happened? Uh, well, now she's uh, she's doing, like, Ghost in the Darkness-esque little nightly adventures by <laughs> propping herself up in a tree. She's like Michael Douglas up in the tree. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've hunted everything about this goddamn world. It's more like when fucking Val, Val Kilmer falls out of the goddamn tree later in the movie and Michael Douglas is like, what are you doing? Yeah. God damn it. I, I told you not to fucking sit in the tree. Fuck it. Michael Douglas runs up to where she falls in the water. He's like, you have just been hit. And just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and the getting up's up to you and just walks away. <laughs> And then he gets dragged off in the middle of the night by a lion. It's just like, you know, he's dead. Oh, no. And then Samuel's like, I have four wives. <laughs> I fucked them all. I'm good if I die. No big deal. I don't believe you had a mother. <laughs> I need to watch that again soon. That's such a good flick. I man. love that movie so fucking much. Uh, so yeah, she falls in the water. Um, I don't remember why or how or where that's placed. She doesn't fall until later, though. But she's still like, she's like sitting up in this tree with a fuck. First of all, logistically speaking, if I'm person a branch and I'm wielding a, a double barrel, like I have to know in the back of my head that I'm getting blasted off that branch at some point. Okay, fine. Well, even with the ki- even with the kick of the gun, but she falls asleep. <laughs> she has no support, like no rope or anything. No, she just falls asleep, balanced on a branch. Yeah, but she wake and she's like heavy set woman, so she can. She's like a fucking weeble man. She can topple either way. She fucking. She like is startled because the crocodile like jumps out of the water to grab the chicken. She has this chicken on a fucking string, and she's been sitting there for eight hours or however long it's been. Yeah, but she doesn't fall in at first. There's this whole back and forth with the fucking crocodile trying to jump up and get her while she's hanging from the branch. Exactly, and I'm like, oh good, she's not gonna fall in, and I'm thinking. 
myself like, oh, well, she's hardened from like living by herself and and having to tend to the farm and stuff. She's going to climb this rope. That's not what happens. She falls right into the right on top of this fucking crocodile and like it doesn't kill her. Yeah. Was it stun the goddamn croc? Is that why it doesn't get her right away? I have no idea. Like it could it should have just went right after her. She gets out of the fucking she climbs up on land and she like aims the shotgun. She's like, here you go, motherfucker. I'm going to blow your brains out. And I guess her, I guess the like the gun's so fucking old. The 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 shot in the gun is wet, like the like the shells. So they so they don't like go off. Like it's a fucking powdered shotgun. And the crocodile just opens its mouth and she faints. And then the crocodile turns around and goes back in the water. Yeah, this thing's climbing on the fucking land. What the fuck are we talking about? It's not it's not in the water at the end of the shot. It, it it's not like it never exited. No, it's almost out of the water. No, it's like going to bite her, and she's just like, Whoo, and then it's just like, ha ha, gotcha, and then goes back into the water. He's like, ha, he's like, ha ha, Brazi, our dance is not yet done. Yeah, well, well, like, what is this crocodile like? This is too easy. I, I I'll come back later. Brazi zero, Gustav two or three or however many fucking cattle he grabbed, and your husband, motherfucker. <laughs> you expect me to talk, Croc? And the Croc's like, I expect you to die. <laughs> While she's fucking hanging around with this chicken and this fucking crocodile for God knows how long, this Steve's out in the goddamn desert again, and he's got a friggin' bird eater, a bird eating spider on a log. It's so good. And and this is when I uh, stopped watching the movie for five minutes. Here's the thing: I trust Steve Irwin's uh, knowledge on all these animals, but this looked more like a funnel web spider to me, and it could have two different names. But the funnel web spider was the one I knew that threw its legs up and had venom that could just kill you in a second. I'm going to go with Steve and say this is a bird eater only because of the size of it. The funnel spiders are not that big and the bird eaters are more like giant tarantula type spiders. Well, yeah, we have we have uh, uh, bird eating tarantulas in America, too, I think, because they, they're... Mm. I don't think so. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of trapdoor. Uh, trapdoor spiders, yeah. yes. Yes, we have those. Which are kind of yeah. comparable in size. Like, it's just it's a big fucking scary tarantula that utilizes machinery to trap its prey. Yeah, which is fucking crazy. But yeah, this thing is fucking terrifying. So first of all, he's saying, like, he. what does he say about... He's like, that's not the spider, that's me. Because, like, his hands are trembling. He's shaking. If Steve Irwin is scared, I'm scared. Yeah, Steve Irwin justified my arachnophobia in this movie. Like, if Steve Irwin's scared of this shit... And, and he's still, I mean, he's still in there. He's still dealing with it. I mean, you got to give him that much. But, like, if he's scared of it, like, I feel justified. I'm sorry. People say I got nerves of steel. And he's shaking. And I'm like, I don't want to be anywhere near that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. And it it, it it strikes at him a, co- a couple times. He, uh, he like, offers a stick to it to kind of bite into it so you can kind of see how it works. And he even says, he's like, oh, look, venom. It's right there. Like, it's gooey. This is gross, nasty shit all over the stick. It's all over the stick. And he's like, it's got a syrupy consistency. And I'm like, that's gross. This thing is pissed off from moment zero. It's just got its front legs in the air. And it's fucking trying to, you know, fucking trying to get him. Um, and then, like, Steve Irwin does what Steve Irwin does. He's like, this is the most dangerous spot in the world. I'm going to grab it. I'm going <laughs> to grab it and put it in a box. And then he gets, like, bit in the back by, like, an ant. Yeah, he's like, oi, ant just bit me right in the back. He almost loses his fucking balance and spilled his fucking spider right on his chest. And I'm like, oh, my God. This whole film, while he's trying to give these monologues, like, some form of flying or crawling pestilence is just giving him a hard time. Oh, yeah, there's flies in his fucking eyes and stuff. Yeah, he says something like the flies are in his eyes trying to drink the, the saline from his eyes because it's so dry in the yeah, desert. Yeah. Like. Whatever, whatever lugubrious flow they can get their fucking mouths on, they're gonna drink. 
precious iGoop. He, uh, I, uh, this, uh, this thing he did, I actually heard about on uh, a different podcast called uh, We Have Concerns, and they were talking about how in Australia, like, apparently if you were qualified to, and if you see a funnel web or one of these spiders too, I guess, um, you are to make your best attempt to capture it and bring it to a facility where they can basically make anti-venom with it. I think that's what Steve's doing in the scene with the with the bird eater. Um, I mean, it's a big motherfucker, though. Like, the funnel webs are smaller than this thing. This thing's like the size of your fist, you know, and then add the, uh, the legs. It's huge. Either way, do not engage, do not approach, no thank you. No! no don't approach any spider that you don't know what it is, of course. Obviously, don't touch it. Um, but, like... I've seen the the I've seen Goliath bird eaters. I don't think I've ever seen this particular. Maybe it's the same one. I don't know. Or it's got to be two different species because I think this was like an Amazon uh, spider. But they're fucking huge. Like you think they look big, like in pictures and like even in this scene. But like when you see them in person, you're like, holy shit, that's a big fucking spider. It is a big fucking spider. And then Steve sticks his hand in its fucking home. Well, he takes it out and fucking scares the shit out of me because I'm like, oh my god, what are you doing? He's talking about how sometimes they, uh, you know, they kill their mates, and he and he reaches in, and of course, there's the mate all sucked dry. And he's showing it to the camera. I thought that was great, though. Like, this is the most, this is the best parts of the movie. Um, I love watching documentaries. I love, I love animal documentaries. Um, it was just cool. It, it, it again, like, it, it was like, it was like being a kid again and getting to see uh, Steve just like on Discovery Channel and just doing his thing. Oh yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed it. I'm afraid of spiders, but I, I can't lie. The, the man knows how to spin a fucking tail. No pun intended. <laughs> I just love how he he puts his fingers down into this like spider nest. He's like he's like that's a tripwire, that's a tripwire, and that's a tripwire. And he's like touching all of these things. I'm like you don't know yeah. if there's another spider in there. You're just touching shit. I mean, I guess he knows that they would have killed each other if that's the case. So maybe I guess he knows that they're like rogue or what have you. Like they live alone. Why else would he stick his fucking hand in there? He's not an idiot. Well, because he's Steve Irwin. He probably has he had inhuman reflexes to begin with. He's He takes risks, but he's not stupid. You know what I mean? And wh- I, I, just to get it out there, like, what happened to him was a freak accident, and it has no bearing on his, his intelligence or his ability to handle animals, because sting, stingrays oh, no. don't kill people. Ever. No. <laughs> I, I, don't even, I still don't even know exactly what the fuck happened with that. Yeah, it was like the barbs got in his heart, and uh, that was pretty much it. It was just an instant kill. Like, the tail was straight up, I guess, and he, like, landed on it? Yeah. I mean, they never released, they never released the video. They destroyed it pretty much right after it happened. It's like one in, like, four billion shot that that would have happened. Right. It doesn't happen. Like, stingrays are not aggressive animals. So, like, whatever happened was, was a one... was It was lightning in a bottle in the worst way. Yeah. It's a goddamn shame. It's it's different when if I jump into a pit of alligators and go, I'm a, I'm a gator wrestler, and then get torn to pieces because I'm not qualified. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I just remembered his name. His name's fucking Brady Barr. That fucking asshole would jump into a pit of alligators. Oh, okay. And he'd be like, he'd be like, yeah, I know everything about alligators and crocodiles. Here, watch this, and then gets his fucking hand bitten off, or somebody gets hurt, or something. Uh, still, yeah, he uh, he also adopts this spider into his uh, party as the rogue, I suppose. Yeah, it's the fucking spy. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Joey? The Joey's, a, you know, it's like a fighter. It's like a level one, though. He's got boxing gloves. He could be a fucking monk, I guess. It'd be a monk, yeah. Now, okay, now it's a Tekken character. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Just see this fucking Joey just flipping around, punching these guys in the mouth. It cuts back to the fucking the agents, and all I wrote down because I could give a fuck less was like 
uh, Archer says something about he's like he's like oh you're all these goddamn alligators and and the chick Joe is like it's like it's crocodiles they're really different he's like eh crocodiles alligators it's all the same shit you fucking bush baby you you get the scene where uh, Steve and Terry basically are driving down the highway or what 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 have you and they explain that they just been phoned in from Sam and they're gonna go back and they're gonna relocate something and you know he makes like a joke about relocating uh brazi rather than the fucking crocodile and he's like oh that would be easy instead we're gonna wrestle a crocodile and then uh that's where you have this scene where they're driving to the location and they find this king brown snake in the middle of the room Woo, king brown Woo! Dang, dang, dangly, diggly, diggly, steve Irwin is fucking flanders now yeah pretty much how diddly oh there? God dang diddly 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 rattly diddly snake. Danger 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 diddly diddly. Um, yeah, he does like a part two of the snake presentation. This time with a bigger fucking snake that is also incredibly venomous and very dangerous and pissed off. I, I believe it's a king cobra, but it's like a king brown cobra or king. Uh, I mean, he refers to it as a king brown, but then he also mentions how the neck is puffing up like a cobra. So I'm not entirely sure. Or like flattening out like a cobra. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He says it has like some physical traits that are that would match a cobra's all right so i guess that's why they call it a king brown and this fucking thing is it's big it, i i it's got to be like seven feet long it's it's longer than he is because the first snake he had was about the length of his body if he was holding it from his shoulders uh, this thing is like he's holding it by like the middle of it and it's like squirming all over his body it's almost like it's not a constrictor no it's not a constrictor at all it's a poisonous snake the big thing about this snake is it's venom is not only is it poisonous, but it's necrotic. Oh, that's right. It'll make your yeah. It'll it'll destroy flesh. If this thing bites you, essentially your shit just your, your flesh just dissolves. Yeah. So not only are you poisoned, but like your your fucking wound becomes gangrenous and festering. Yeah. Steve makes a joke about oh, I wouldn't be want to be bitten the inner thigh by this thing. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like oh, I wouldn't get want to get bit there. This this venom's necrotic, and I don't want no parts falling off. And I'm like, you're talking about your dick. Steve basically is is handling the snake, and he has asked Terry, he's like, ah, get me the snake catcher. And there's this fucking stupid bit where where Terry's basically got to take every little thing out of the back of the truck because she can't find this net, and Steve just, like, every, like, 30 seconds, ah, oh, where's the net? <laughs> That's right. Where's the net? There's just, like, a ton of shit on the ground. And then she finally runs out with it. Twist it, twist it. Yeah, there is kind of, like, some weird forced comedy bits that are uh, not part of the the documentary stuff that's probably there it's like hey it's a movie we gotta have some comedy but like steve is so steve is so likable like i don't mind if the jokes are bad yeah no i mean i say i say it's stupid as fuck and it is but it's not the thing that's gonna sink the movie for me they almost kind of take on an endearing quality because it's like who like who's saying it you know what i mean like, i don't know yeah, yeah like like oh i love this guy he said something fucking stupid and that's funny then we uh we cut back to these government like schmucks again and they're just basically the, the, the Ansel and the the main guy, which I didn't catch his name. I'm surprised you got any of these fucking dudes' names because I have no idea what the fuck their names are. I'll be honest. I didn't actually catch anyone ever say Ansel's name, but I read it off his fucking placard on his desk. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so there was that. But he, he, basically the two main guys, essentially, uh, government stooges, are basically, you know, going back and forth with each other. Like, oh, I should have been involved with this case because, you know, the guy that sent in Joe... Uh, basically hasn't told anyone that he sent her in, so he keeps, like, trying to fucking poke the bear about how he should have been involved with this procedure, and the other guy's just like, well, you know, we're taking care of it, 
uh, tough shit. I'll, you know, I'll let you know what happens. Go back to your desk, sleepy. Go take a nap, fuck. You look at your knee bone. You look very tired or not excited to be here. I can't tell which one. I guess Steve Irwin has the thing or whatever. The Irwins are top secret Australian secret agents. The Irwins have been everywhere since they were in the all the places where shit happened or whatever. Yeah, okay, let's just, let's just fucking get to that. Like, there's this fucking presentation towards, like, the second or third act of this movie where some ass clown goes in front of a projector and tries to imply the Irwins are, like, the winter soldiers of the fucking natural world. <laughs> Basically! They, but, like, they've been fucking present for several different, like, uh, like, political unrest events, but just because they're there, like, snagging animals or something like that. Tony Stark's there, he's like, oh my god, he killed my parents, too? Yeah, as if, like, as if we're supposed to expect that, like, Captain America and fucking Iron Man are fighting in the background while Steve Irwin's <laughs> wrangling a bird. It's like, he had access to military officials. Steve Irwin's part of Hydra. Oh, God, no. That's what they're insinuating. He's like, don't you, do you even remember them? And Steve's like, I remember all of them. Where do these fucking government officials get off being like, yep? Because the guy's even like, are you sure you think it's the Irwins? And the guy's like, oh, absolutely. It's got to be. 110%. 110%. Where the fuck does a TV show host get $40 million to renovate his fucking zoo? Can you imagine Steve Irwin as being a member of Hydra, though, and he's the only one who has, like, a sense of humor? He shows up to every, like, top secret, like, you know, shadowy Hydra meetings of, like, his fucking khaki shorts and his safari t-shirt. And he's just, like, a beam of sunshine in this dark-ass room. <laughs> With, like, Baron Strucker and Red Skull. Yeah, he's like, I might. No, he turns his clothes inside out, and they're all black. <laughs> uh, what, what's his What's his heel turn? Like he kicks a fucking he kicks a crocodile out of a plane and goes hail Hydra. He becomes a crocodile and says hail Hydra. So Brazi's knocked out still from getting you know pooping herself after the crocodile did decided just not to eat her. And uh, the the government goons, you know, the three of them, you know, they they come into Brazi's fucking compound. Let's call it. And they're basically using it as their home base to to get to the, the you know, I'll call it a black box. Yeah, and there's, like, a whole bit about how, like, don't use the water too much because we're running tanks. And that joke is repeated, like, three or four times. Yeah. So then uh, Steve, Steve and Terry are coming in to get the crocodile. They're on a boat with the fucking dog again with Suey. And that's where you get this, like, knowledge bomb that, oh, yeah, you know, she's been with me for 13 years helping me catch crocodiles. And it's like, okay, yeah to reiterate but this dog isn't helping anybody it's just getting scared out of its wits dog just runs away at some point this is the most entertaining thing that i've seen in a while steve Irwin wrangling this 12 foot fucking crocodile okay this is the shot that scared the fuck out of me because this is the one where he's like on the shoreline he's like well he's talking about the sunbathing the slide yeah and he's like he's like he's like the leaves are wet like this crocodile has been here recently it's probably camouflaged and as he says the word it's probably camouflaged this thing blasts out of the water at him. Yep. And he does this whole, like, I thing and just dances away from him. Yeah. And then he's fucking, and then the thing's, like, in the water, and he's, like, nimbly jumping around it, like, doing backflips around this fucking crocodile. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy's out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing, and I'm like, I'm like, I was like legitimately concerned for him, and I'm like, this is extremely entertaining, and I hope he doesn't get hurt, and I hope he catches his crocodile and relocates it. Yeah, this is at the point too where Suey's just like in the fucking alcove under the steps, like in the the farthest corner corner from this crocodile <laughs> yeah. as possible. <laughs> yeah, like this little like where the bench is at the end of the boat. It's, like, curled up underneath there. This poor dog is like, take me home. They have this super intense music playing because Steve eventually somehow makes it over to the boat, and he's got this fucking lasso. He's trying to wrap around this thing's jaw, 
and it just keeps jumping in the air at the boat. He's like, oh, at any minute now, this thing could just tip us over. And it almost does. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that is a real crocodile on the side of this boat. And they're, like, grabbing it by the face. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Well, he finally hooks the fucking thing after, like, about a minute or two of trying. Yeah. And then it just starts dragging the goddamn boat. He's like, Terry, have the boat ready. Turn it on. Yeah. And then he, it's literally pulling him across the goddamn fucking river. Yeah, well, they're trying to tire it out. And it's just like, holy shit. Okay, so this is one of the scenes where we were talking about before where, like, yeah, that was a real crocodile that he was trying to fucking hook in the mouth, but, well, not hook, like, lasso it around the mouth, but these scenes where we see the crocodile, like, underwater with the rope in its mouth, that's, like, that's totally not a real crocodile, and it's it's just insert shit, but all that other shit was real as fuck. Yeah, you, ha- you have this whole bit where, where the, the crocodile is pulling Steve and the boat... And uh, it stops, you know, pulls like a Jaws on him. He is like, he is standing at the front of this this canoe holding the rope like he's goddamn Captain Ahab. And this thing is just pulling him through the fucking river. He gets pulled into the water like four fucking times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he keeps getting back in. And I'm like, oh my God, he got he fucking jumped in again. And then he got out of the boat and then he got into the boat and then he gets pulled out into the fucking water. And I'm like, holy shit, man. I was scared. They basically get it into like an alcove where there's not a lot of water and it's all tired. And Steve just fucking, like, tackles this fucking crocodile from behind. Dude, he fucking belly flops on it. Well, the thing that cracks me up, too, is, like, the goddamn crocodile is gigantic to begin with, and it's not really hurting him too bad. I mean, you can see a couple of cut marks on his legs. But the thing that almost kills him is the damn thing starts ramming him into the fucking boat. Yeah. He's like, Terry, get the boat off me. It's trying to break my neck. Do you remember that one sequence in Me, Myself, and Irene where, like, Jim Carrey is, like, straddling a cow and, like, pulling its fucking nostrils up. That's what this kind of looks like, except it's a crocodile. (laughs) Basically, I mean, Steve has, like, his legs under the back legs of the crocodile, so it can't fucking move, and he's, like, you know, he's trying to have Terry, like, fucking, like, lasso its mouth and, like, close it up. Oh, my God. It's fucking scary, dude. She's got a big fucking stick. Yeah. She's, like, using to, like, get it under the jaw. And it's just biting the fucking stick in half, like, nobody's business. Like, like nothing. Like, you're eating a cracker. And then at one point, after she gets it kind of good, but it's not all the way in there, Steve's just like, ah! Get rid of the stick. And he, and he grabs the fucking wire and puts it in his mouth. <laughs> yes. Give him the stick. That's right. Give him the stick. Don't give me the stick. Don't give him the stick. Oh. <laughs> are you my dad? G.I. Joe. Hey, what the fuck are you kids doing on my fucking lawn with my crocodile? That's a fucking internet time capsule, that is. So, so Terry, like, goes to, like, reach... And, uh, to the front, and, like, she has to, like, thread the, the rope through this fucking little hole and to, 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 to lasso the, lasso and tie the crocodile's jaws together. So they finally get it together, and then, uh, they throw a fucking, like, sheet over this fucking, or not, a, a tarp, rather, and they fuck. let me tell you something. Steve and Terry are strong motherfuckers because they both... They really are. They're they're fucking... They're very strong because they fucking pick up this giant fucking crocodile and basically toss it into this fucking boat and then they sail away into the sunset. And then again, I, I don't mean to keep stressing about this dog, but the dog is now in the boat walking on the back of the fucking crocodile. He's gonna have a heart attack, this poor fucking dog. So he's finally like, okay, I feel safe now. That has a fucking... It's jaws wired shut. It's tarp of its head. Yeah. Walking out like, what are you gonna do, you bitch? Can't bite me now, fuck off. Death roll something now. Probably like rolls over and scares shit. So he's just like, ah! Jumps in the water. 
<laughs> so they wrangle this fucking uh, crocodile, and then this is the scene you've been waiting for, Connor. This is where they have this whole fucking conspiracy that the Irwins are fucking... Uh, God fucking damn it. Are, ...are terrorists. It's so fucking stupid. Like, why? Why is this even here? Well, it's like Dr. Strangelove, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess you're right. With less of the sarcasm. Like, it's not there. There's just nothing here. Yeah, again, there's no satire either. It's just kind of like, crocodile hunter did it. And they have all these pictures of them in the background. And and it's just, like, clearly like, pictures of, like, them, like, touring, doing their show. <laughs> yeah, doing their show and, like, saving animals and shit. Steve Irwin with his big fucking six-year-old smile beaming across his face. Like, that is the look of a political saboteur. He's a goddamn terrorist. Get him. And this sequence goes on for a few minutes. And then, I, when do we fucking... Well, we you have this scene where basically... You know, Brazi wakes up with all her fucking dogs surrounding her. The Bumpuses again, man. They're there. They're there for the turkey. So they, they start heading back to her fucking compound, and they run into, uh, you know, the, the the three fucking stooges. And she's like, oh, are you the people that uh, Sam sent? And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's us. And they're trying to get rid of Joe because they kind of realize that something's up with her, but they can't place it. And uh, they basically go, oh, take uh, take our, uh, take Joe with you. She, she can uh, help you out. And, you know, then they go off back towards the compound. And she leaves, like, a bulk of her dogs with these other two sniveling morons. So Joe and Rosie go back to Rosie's house. Right. And this is the scene where Joe sees the picture of... Uh, Rosie and her husband on the on the mantle, and you kind of put all this shit together, and you're like, "That's some dark ass shit." And she's like, "Oh, I gotta go uh, powder my nose or whatever. I gotta use, I gotta freshen up, use the bathroom." She's like, "Yeah, it's over there. Don't fucking don't leave the water running because we're running on tanks." So Joe goes in the bathroom, and then Rosie calls somebody. Well, she calls uh, she calls Faramir. Yeah, yeah, she calls Sam, and and she's like, she's like, "Oh, you, these these blokes are a bunch of jerk offs, and I can fucking get this crock myself, and or whatever." Then she uses the water running. She's like, "God damn it! I told you not to run that fucking water." She goes in there. The woman's not in. Joe's not in there. The water's running. The fucking window's open, and it's like. Completely obvious that she went out the window. All right, she turns off the she turns off the faucet and she like takes her shotgun and like goes towards the 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 bathroom uh, or the uh, the the shower. She's not there, and then like all of a sudden, Joe is in like a garage or the barn. Well, you know, so th- there's like these clips of of Joe basically grabbing this belt or some shit. Oh yeah, well she locks her in the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which at first I'm thinking she's gonna come up a whore behind this fucking and fucking choke her out, right? Yeah, yeah. Give her the old fucking neck knots. So yeah, she she ties basically the two doors together so she can't get out. Yeah, and then she goes into the warehouse. She goes into the fucking barn and she's trying to open this door. And I'm like, what the fuck is this woman doing? She gets pissed off and throws this crowbar thing she's trying to open the door with, and it like knocks down a bunch of dynamite or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where are we going with this plot point? Oh, we go some places with it. Oh, yeah, we sure do. And I'm like, this is fucking ludicrous. So so then we get a scene where Wheeler and Archer are sitting there with all these fucking dogs. And Wheeler is explaining, oh, yeah, I got a dog whistle, you know, randomly. I don't know why he has this. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I used it once and, you know. To, to fend off some wolves or some shit. Yeah. And the other guy's just like, okay, well, what happens if this doesn't work? He's like, then they rip us to shreds. And he's like, uh. And then he blows the whistle and hard cut to them driving away. Yeah, nothing happened. And then we, and this is where we cut back to Steve and Terry and they're like loading the crocodile in a fucking box and they like put it into the truck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, and then it cuts from, the, they put the crocodile in a wooden box and like load it up, you know, just like normal, like they're transporting it. And then it cuts to the, in, to the cab of the truck and... 
and the Joey is sitting on his shotgun with a fucking sweater on, and the dog is like laying on its lap. And I was like, this is the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Well, then that's when, you know, the the two goons fucking catch up to Steve as he's driving down the street. Oh, fucking hell. He's like, ah, it's it's fucking poachers. Oh, yeah. And this is where you have your Mad Max moment. Yeah, Steve thinks that they're after the fucking crocodile, but they're after what's in its belly. Who could care? They come up on Steve's truck, and they, they crash into it. And he's like, ah, oh, they're, they're serious. I'm going to stop them. And Steve, Steve goes all fucking Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. Okay, this entire story is amazing. He climbed out the fucking window. The, the fucking bird-eating spider falls out of its box. Yes, I, I had a minor panic attack. I don't remember how that develops because I don't remember ever seeing it again. Oh, no, you see it again. It crawls up Terry's fucking neck and she swats it at the camera. Ugh. But then somehow it's like magically back in the box later. Yeah, Steve Irwin gets on top of this truck. Which, mind you, this truck has like their boat on top of it yeah. like, turned upside down. Yeah. And then like, like fucking not Baldwin gets up there and they have like a fucking wrestling match. Meanwhile, Steve keeps looking at the camera, giving like anecdotes. Yeah, he's looking over as he's climbing out the window. He's like, he's like, these pouches, I can't stand him. Gonna go up there and teach him a lesson, all right? And winks at the camera. He's not gonna give him some old Steve-O lessons. He's pulling a fucking Deadpool because he keeps breaking the fourth wall while he's fighting this motherfucker. And then like this dude runs at him, and Steve Irwin full on like judo tosses this man over the top of the car to his death. Okay, he killed the man. I don't care what happened afterwards. Straight up, this was like a fifteen foot fall of moving vehicle. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. But this guy's holding on to like a rope that's conveniently hanging off the back of the truck. So what does Steve do? <laughs> he starts using his party members. <laughs> I choose you, King Brown! Yeah, he fucking, cl he climbs from the top of the truck into the back of the truck and is like, Oi, snake! And the guy's like, ah, just let's go the rope. He's like, I think this is the end of the road for you, mate. Here you go! And he fucking dangles the snake, like, in this guy's face. And then he finally just lets go. And then gets run over by the other car. It cuts to Steve, and he's in, like, the fucking, the, the, the back on the cab of the truck, and Terry's like, what happened? He's like, he went under the wheel. He's like, well, where the fuck is the spider? Uh, it's, it's around, it's in the cab, and I haven't found it again yet. <laughs> he's like, uh... <laughs> well, see ya, mate. Meanwhile, it's climbing on Suey's head, and it's just like, uh, uh, uh. So, hard cut to fucking Rosie, like trying to now she can't get out of the bathroom so she's trying to push herself out of this window and she's squeezing herself through this window and every time she pushes she farts i feel like i was transported to a different fucking movie i was like did she just fart and and then like she's pushing herself more and it's like and i'm like really like what is the joke that she's straining and she shits her pants like for real this time i guess she's trying to squeeze her fucking ass out this window and she's just farting the joke is she's fat that's the joke hearty fucking horror and what fat people fart when they're squeezed or supposed <laughs> well, well, not only does she start farting as she's trying to squeeze out this fucking window, well, then randomly the garage just fucking explodes, and yes! she has this, like, look on her face of total horror. She farts, and it cuts right to an explosion of this fucking barn. By all counts, Joe should be a piece of paste on the floor because of the amount of explosions that are rigged inside this barn. By the way, it's a wooden barn. You need yeah. one stick Blow out the back wall and move about your day. No, Joe rigs this place to blow up like it's some fucking, like, shadowy, evil government facility that has to go up to, to save the resistance or some shit. She's blowing up the fucking umbrella laboratory. There's, like, seven small explosions that just blow this whole building into oblivion. She's inside, for Christ's sake. Well, she flies off in this fucking whatever. I don't even know what that thing is called. Well, this is the second Mad Max reference. There's only two movies that I can recall that I've seen this particular plane in, and that's Howard the Duck 
and fly away home with fucking Anna Paquin and Jeff oh, Daniels. Dear God. Like it's a one person like airplane hang glider thing. She comes like roaring out of the front of this building, unscathed, un- without any soot in her, all of her limbs are intact. She comes flying out in the fucking in the plane. Uh, yeah, and then you know, there's this whole joke where uh I don't know if it's this scene or or a scene coming up, but basically Sam meets back up with Brazi. And he's basically like, ah, yeah, we're getting phone calls from uh, people complaining that Brozzy's driving, you're flying dangerously. And she's like sitting in the car with him, like all pissed off. And then this woman has a fucking backpack full of fucking dynamite. The fucking, the, the, the suit from the government calls her and he's like, where did you get the thing? And she's like, I'm going to find it now. And he's like, destroy all the evidence. And I'm like, this woman's going to blow these people up. And lo and behold, that's what she tries to fucking do. She tries oh, to drop yeah. fucking dynamite on everybody and it, and blow them up. Like, what the fuck? It's like Mickey Mouse at the end of March of the Wooden Soldiers. <laughs> dropping them off the fucking blimp. Oh, you know, speaking of blimps, apparently back in the day, this movie won a fucking blimpy from, uh, I can only assume the Nickelodeon fucking movie awards, whatever it was called back in the day. It had to be. Kids' Choice Awards. For 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 best fart in a movie. I only read about it on Wikipedia, so I couldn't confirm it. I, I fucking scoured the internet to try to find a goddamn picture of this woman holding this award, but uh, unfortunately, uh, I could not find it. If any listeners out there know what I'm referring to and want to send that image in, I'd be greatly <laughs> appreciated. Somebody, somebody out there is like, I have every single Kids' Choice Award from the past 30 years on VHS. Yeah, taped on VHS. She won Best Fart in 2000. I remember. 2002, I mean. When's the poop sequence? While, while all this is happening, Steve and Terry basically get to their location of, of relocating this crocodile on the other side of the mountain is basically what they say. And uh, they they get it out of the box, and they, you know, they still have it tied up, but they're starting to you know get it back in the water. And he finds this big fucking turd, in in the the box, he's like, oh, he had a bowel movement, and he just starts sticking his fingers in it. He just he just reaches in and grabs this beacon that the crocodile. First of all, this crocodile must. I don't know how big a crocodile's butthole is, dude. It's a twelve foot crocodile, but that's a big ass fucking shat. He's like, ah, you know, he's really stressed out in the fucking wooden box, and look at this, he shit out a fucking kid's top, and he takes his index finger and just sticks it like. Knuckle deep right into this pile of shit. Right into shit. Doesn't even think twice about it. He's like, look at this scat. I'm going to put my fucking hands in it. For seemingly no reason other than to be like, yep, that's poop. Look, it's the plot device, literally. He scoops this fucking thing out of this turd, and he doesn't grab like a towel or a pa- you know a napkin. He just starts rubbing the shit off on his fucking, on his goddamn shirt. He's covered in shit, John. <laughs> the whole movie's covered in piss shit and fucking dirt water. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he makes a joke about like, oh, you gotta, you, you, you should recycle your stuff properly. Don't just throw it all willy-nilly. And then he tosses it to his wife and she's just like, ugh. And he's like, ah, yeah, suey. Get in the boat. We gotta go get rid of a croc. I know you love those things. Oi, suey. Suey, fetch. No, he's like, he's like, let's pretend there's a crocodile in the boat because the poachers are coming. And he's like, look at me. Does it look like I'm laying on a croc? And I'm like, oh my goodness. What? I don't need any of this. I don't need this. They, they, they go to bring the croc out and, and they're, uh, they basically take it to another, like, shore, essentially. And they're releasing it and they, the, uh, the two guys, fucking G and Rogan show up and, uh, they, they find the Irwin's van and the, the not Baldwin is like, oh, they left their Chinese in the car, huh? Yeah. This guy was going to eat their leftovers. Like, what the fuck? Right. And, and the spider's in there and he freaks the fuck out and he tries shooting it with the pistol and they, they hear it down the river 
and like, ah, those poachers are coming back. We're going to have to pretend like we uh, still have the croc. And that's, you know, after they, they get rid of it, they joke about it. You know, Steve's like, oh, does it look like I'm laying down on it? Right. But uh, when when they go to release this fucking crocodile, Steve's basically explaining, oh, if I don't remove this uh, this thing around its, its face properly, it's going to die. And he goes to, to cut it with, like, this big-ass knife. This fucking thing, the second it gets a little bit of movement, starts death-rolling against the side of the boat. Oh, because it, it wants to get away, man. It's it's oh, no, 100%. fully recharged. And again, I can't stress enough how big this fucking croc is. It's, like, as big as the entire boat. Um, and he's And they're trying to, like coerce it over the edge and like cut the thing off his face and he, he finally does and releases it but it's like that's a real ass fucking crocodile that just got released back into the wild oh yeah he definitely I, I wouldn't be surprised if part of the contract for this for Steve Irwin and his wife was like hey if we're gonna do this movie we're actually gonna like do it those are the thrilling parts of the movie everything else is garbage no I'm with you so the two CIA agents are like coming down the river Steve pretends that he still has a crocodile even though that's not what they're coming for that's what he thinks they're coming for and then fucking joe comes flying over the cia agents and drops a fucking stick of tnt right on them and then they just explode and i'm like those men are dead okay and steve's going ah i i got stuck in the middle of a poacher war yeah yeah like that fucking tnt goes off and that boat fucking flips and explodes like those dudes are fucking dead then Joe tries to drop fucking TNT onto Terry and fucking uh, Steve. Uh, almost hits him, like blows up like right next to the boat, like a depth charge. So Steve fucking makes a lasso and fucking throws it around uh, the wheel of um, the the airplane that Joe's driving, and he's he basically like takes control of the boat and like cuts the fucking boat like hard right and pulls this fucking plane and it like lands face down hard as fuck right into the river and again she's fucking dead she slams right <laughs> head first right into the fucking river there's no way you're walking away from that i guess they just didn't want to make steve Irwin a murderer like flat out i mean <laughs> i guess too late he killed the baldwin guy somebody even says later like uh oh faramir's like nobody could have survived that crash yeah and then she pops her fucking head out yeah what okay no steve's on in his fucking boat still and he he passes uh the, the two goons, the uh, the two dudes, the men in black, whatever the fuck we're calling them, and uh, he he slows down at the camera and he's explaining about how ah yeah now the hunters are gonna become the hunted yeah <laughs> and he, he just fucking leaves them <laughs> fuck them the pouches fuck them he's like ah oh, we just put this twelve foot crocodile in these rivers like with le- within less of a mile of here but okay so he splits yeah so Wheeler and Archer they're all mucked up from the river they get back in their truck. And uh, they're like, all right, I guess we're going to get away. Like, all their equipment got ruined in the water, so they don't have, like, the evidence of what happened. And they go to turn the fucking key, and all the dogs are are in the fucking back seat. And then meanwhile, uh, you know, Joe, she calls Ansel back, and she's like, oh, you know, we, we couldn't retrieve the item. You know, Steve Irwin still has it. And the guy's like, okay, well, you know, get lost. Like, uh disappear he's like i'm going into hiding he's like oh we, we gotta we gotta lay low and then this fucking like police fucking lights go on they're like ah ansel you're under arrest <laughs> and then the chick just smiles and like hangs up the phone yeah like you were just trying to murder motherfuckers like what do you what it all turned out to be okay yeah you go from that to this fucking hard cut to the white house <laughs> and fucking george w bush is in there go all right you, you mean that guy on the discovery channel yeah <laughs> 
it's not even like you know how like sometimes they do in in, in movies where like you just see like the president's hand and somebody does like a, a, a like a impression. Yeah, look, you couldn't even get fucking Frank Caliendo for five seconds. Oh my god. That would have been something. No, no, no. But like, you know how like, you know how like in some movies where they don't show the face of the president or it's just like their hand and you hear them talking or whatever. Not not every movie can be a Harold and Kumar, you know, escape from Guantanamo Bay. Right. You know, not every movie can be that good with uh, the Bush impression. But they have like a full on fucking guy pretending to be Bush. And he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, oh, man, is that, is that, is that the Crocodile Hunter guy from the Discovery Channel? He's like, oh, man. You mean tell me that the Crocodile Hunter is what, uh, uh, goofed up my mission here? Are you telling me it's the Crocodile Hunter's fault or that you got away or whatever? So that, so then you get, you go from that to basically Steve wrapping up the movie, essentially explaining about, uh, yeah, you know, you guys, you got the environment, you gotta be, you, you don't throw your garbage out, you know, be good to the environment. Here's Suey, he throws this fucking thing, he's playing fetch with it yeah yeah all this nonsense is wrapped up with like a like a hyper like sincere pro conservation message and then we cut to like fucking credits and then it shows like outtakes well before that though just i, I we must know before this 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 awesome credit scene oh yeah i'm sorry St- steve is like throwing this thing up in the air like catching it like it's a fucking baseball and then he's like ah until next time and then these fucking 20 helicopters come up from like behind the mountain and are just like looking at him he's like ah crikey cut <laughs> the the credit the credits roll and then fucking then there's like outtakes but it's just outtakes of the final scene I guess the alternate take of the final scene because Steve basically goes on for like a minute he has like this really long dialogue that he says it's like way too long yeah yeah and I guess the joke there is that he kept fucking up like while he was trying to deliver it because it's right. not his normal uh, foray right and he's like obviously reading off cue cards and shit and then we get like this fucking awful rendition of Crocodile Rock by the Baja Men is it by the Baja Men yeah oh my <laughs> fucking god. god who let the Crocs out that that wait way to encapsulate the time this movie came out fuck Fuck me, man. Yeah, it's like a super cut of just like Steve going, huh, ah, and like jumping on and like smacking fucking animals' asses and shit. It's like the weirdest fucking thing. Well, they also have like this, uh, this thing where basically he explains what happened after the movie and it's like instead of I guess they just didn't film it they just took pictures of it it's like what happened to the characters after the movie yeah yeah and it shows like the CIA guys basically like working for the zoo and Joe working for the zoo it's like an epilogue and everybody became environmentalists Boy. And that's the fucking anomalous Crocodile Hunter movie that is that exists. It's very enjoyable, but it's just full of shit that just doesn't need to be there. And it's if it was yeah. if it was a nine if it well this wasn't even ninety minutes, it's an hour and twenty five minutes plus credits. Yeah. And if it was just like an hour and fifteen minutes of Steve Irwin jumping on animals and talking to the camera, I would have fucking gobbled it up. That's what I'm talking about. If this was just Steve doing his thing, I'd be like, this fucking movie's great. I would own this on Blu-ray. I'd be like, oh my god, I need a fuck I need the Crocodile Hunter movie. I really hope there's like tons of more footage of Irwin doing his thing that they can just like dump into a, a documentary at some point soon. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and honestly, me personally, I wouldn't even mind, like, the B-plot if it was just Brazi, like, as annoying as she is, like, I could deal with that, but this, like, CIA fucking deep state bullshit on top of that is just one plot point too many. Yeah, it's just this convoluted bullshit, and it's like, why? Where where are you guys putting this movie? Oh, belovedly on the shelf. Um, I wish, you know what I wish I could do? I wish I could, like, kind of, like, take the VHS tape and, like, split it in two. You wish you could excise all the bullshit from this movie? And then, yeah. And then cast it into the dumpster? Yeah, yeah. Stick all the B story stuff in the dumpster and just let it sit there and burn for all I care. Feed it to a fucking crocodile, maybe. Why not? Are you insinuating we start our first movie dumpster fire? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time. Parts of this movie I really like and I want to like put on a shelf, and other parts of it I'm just like, oh boy. 
So, I mean, for all fairness, I, I, I might say it has to rock the rim of the fucking dumpster just for the parts that do suck, but it's like... Ah, it, it's so hard because I just I, I'm such a big Steve Irwin fan, and it, and it, it brought back a lot of memories of when I was a kid watching the show. So I think for that alone, it might be a shelf movie, but it's you know it's only trotted out occasionally yeah. for the fun parts. In the pantheon of movies that are like based on a TV show or some kind of property like that, that like where it's bec- where it becoming a movie is kind of unusual yeah, it, it doesn't even it doesn't really float towards the top of the list like right. mystery science theater the movie is still like my favorite weird movie presentation of a tv show because i have such fond memories attached to it um and i can't really think of too many other examples but i'm sure there are but this is well it's like the you know the aqua teen movie is a good example of a movie yeah and the aqua teen movie is like this could have been an hour short yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah or even yeah. the south or even the south park movie is the same thing yeah well the, the south actually okay yeah the south park movie is like one of the best examples of adapting a tv show into a film because that movie is still fantastic okay here's the thing with this like i can get everything that i love about this movie in some kind of, again, like some kind of Steve Irwin box set or best of what have you. You know what I mean? So so would it be like a Devin's Ghost scenario for you where it's like, hey, I can recommend the Steve Irwin parts, but the rest of the movie just avoid, but uh, maybe just watch an episode of The Crocodile Hunter instead? Yeah, but half the movie is The Crocodile Hunter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so it's not just it's not just two fight scenes. It's, it's half the fucking film. So I guess, right. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I would rather just buy the Crocodile Hunter episodes and just kind of forget about the movie and put the movie right in the fucking dumpster because <laughs> I just don't fucking need all that other bullshit and neither do you. Just watch the fucking just watch the show and you'll get all everything you possibly need from the Steve Irwin experience. I think I like that idea. So it's in the dumpster for me. I, I'd rather just get the fucking Discovery Channel Time Life collection of the Steve Irwin shit or what have you. So that's it. That's the Crocodile Hunter Collision Course from 2002, directed by John Staten. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Take a look at this, will ya? Sweating bullets. We're out of here.